0: Greetings, and welcome back to The Dive, the weekly podcast in which we take an in-depth look at one of the passages studied in Daf Yomi that was covered over the course of the past week. My name is Yitzhak Et Shalom, and I'm delighted to be with you today as we take a look at the sugya of Kriyat de Oraita. how much of Kriyat Shema is commanded from the Torah for us to recite, if any at all uh which is really focused on a sugya in the middle of the third parak of brachot will start with the mishnah andaf um chaf Amudbet at the bottom um which is uh which is the mishnah Ba'al al maharher belibo har bil bo v'n v'l'l fnav v'l'l chava well amazon v'l'l chava v'n v'l'l fnav v'mirum the simple read of this and this Mishnah, just to give it a little context, <clears throat> refers to the Takanah that the Gemara elaborates upon, uh, that is uh, that was uh, instituted by Ezra, that a Balkeri should not participate in Tefillah, say Brachot, etc., uh, study Torah until he's gone to the mikveh, but a balkari who has not gone to the mikveh, Miharher belibo, it sounds like he should think the words of Kriyat Shema, but does not say Birchot Kriachma. The rest of the other issue here dealing with Birchat Amazon, he does say Birchat but not the Bracha beforehand. The Gemara immediately goes into um, an interesting discussion, which is tangentially related to our topic, which is what is the status of Hirhur? In other words, <coughs> thinking about words without explicating them is that same, it's the same as saying them. And then the question becomes if it's the same as saying them, then if he's not allowed to say kriyachma, why should he be allowed to think kriyachma? And if on the other hand it's not the same as saying, then the, what does he gain by that? And that is kind of the kind of the context. So take a look now on chaf Aleph amud Aleph, which is really where our sugya gets cooking, and it gets focused really on two parts of the same page. Uh, the gemara, at the very beginning challenges, says, v'harei tefilah devash atziburah sukinbo. Meaning the, at the end of the previous page, the argument presented was that the reason he should focus on thinking the words of Kriyat Shema is because everybody else is saying Kriyat Shema. it's not nice that he should be not participating in some way. But tefillah, everybody is saying tefillah. If you're saying tefillah and you realize you're a balkeri, then don't stop, just either say it quickly or else go to the tefillah Tsara but finish it quickly and tama dhatril that's only cuz you started and you had forgotten Halo meaning you should not say tfilah even though you're sitting with a sibor and they're all saying tfilah so this is where things get interesting for our perspective shani uh, tfilah machut shamaim Tefillah is different because tfilah doesn't carry with it the notion of kabbalat o machut shamaim of accepting god's kingship in other words when the whole tzibur is sitting there saying Shema and publicly accepting and declaring that God is their king and their God, and you're silent, it's like you're rejecting that idea. Tfilah doesn't carry that with it, and therefore, Tfilah, the balkari should avoid. However, that's challenged because, in our Mishnah, we said that a balkari does say which, of course, commanded from the Torah, Um <coughs> Uh the late ba uh, machut mazon doesn't include machut shemaim, and yet you say it. Ela, now, ela means that we're rejecting, at least it sounds like we're rejecting that previous approach uh, of distinguishing between omachut shemaim and not kriyat shma brachah tamazon de oraita utfilad That the difference is that when something is commanded from the Torah, then the takanav Ezra doesn't override it. And therefore, since you're obligated to say Kriyat Shema, from the Torah, and you're oblig- say, obligated to say Berkat from the Torah, therefore, you do those in spite of being a Filah, which is the Rabbanan, the Takana of Ezra will override. Okay, take a look at Rashi, uh, which is marked on the page. It's a very long, really couple Rashis together, but it's all really one flow. And Rashi here deals with a problem which, uh, again, is one of those problems that we rarely get a chance to delve into with the pace of Adaf Yomishir, and that is the problem of Gir of different uh, versions of a text. So before going further, let's take a moment and look at the page, which is marked uh, page C on the link, um, and that is the uh, Paris manuscript of the Talmud Bavli, and I've marked up the relevant position, and as you can see there, it says, Elam de Oraita So at that point it says the same position that we had, uh, except it did not address the issue of And then the Gemara in this version says, Kriyatchma mi The Kriatshma is Rabanan And Birkatamazon de Oraita. So he says, so the Gemara then answers: why is it that we say Shma and Birkatamazon, but not as of Alkari. Birkatamazon Doraita Ukriyachma it is one component, which is it's commanded from the Torah. Kriatchma has a different component, which is it includes the acceptance of God as king. But it moved away from the position that it's Doraita. And then La Fuke, Tfila, Maduraban Valaypa Machut Shamaim, as opposed to Tfila, which has neither of those things. Now this sounds like a very strange version of our Gemara. Except if you take a look at that Rashi that I boxed in, you'll see that he had this gersa in front of him, and Rashi prefers our Girsah, But watch what he says: "Hachi Garsinan. This is how we should properly read. And it's important to note that Rashi and the Balayatosfut all had in front of them numerous manuscripts of the Gemara, and they were not all exactly the same. And they had to decide which one was the proper version, and they weighed in on the issue. "Hachi garcinon." All right, so he he has a, a very strange curse that says, B'rchat mazon lefaneha, meaning ha which the Mishnah said you don't say. And it says it has ma So he says, leishna achrina, he prefers a different version, shani Tfilah delet ba-machut Tfilah is different because it does not include o-machut And Rashi explains what that means. Kabalat ma Rashi is bothered because Of course, there is machut shemaim in tefillah. Tefillah is all based on the idea that you're standing in front of God, who's the king of the world. But the idea is that it doesn't have an expression of accepting God as king. That's already happened in Shema. When you say Shema, you're accepting Hashem as your master and your one king, etc. And according to that version we read, and it had the challenge, doesn't have and yet we say it. He says, that version is the proper version. Meaning the version that we have in our Vilna manuscript print is the proper version. Rashi, of course, is not dealing with the Vilna print. Um, and he says, he said, we must be dealing with because it defines it as but according to that other version that Rashi had, that we also don't have in front of us, uh, which it was talking about the bracha beforehand, which is um, uh mid mid at kafte the Hadri Tamura Ilave. They can't be talking about that because of the attack. El A Kriyachma Brichata Mazon It can't be attacking and saying, Oh, but Brichatmazon's Doraita because Hamozzi's not Doraita. So then this is the prob- part that gets us to our version that we have on the other page. Vitagarsi Akhvla Shon Kushia, Kriatchma Durabananhi some people actually read kreachmai isn't it rabanan ela kreachmai zed ba mukhut shmayim kharmazon Doraita writer fugit philad rabanan vein ba mukhut exactly the paris version that we have in front we have on the other page uh fugit philad rabanan vein ba mukhut shmayim leman de garas hachi so according to somebody who would accept that version be farshina le command bishakh bakhav very to and we're going to see that later on on our page that the command to read these words bishakh bakhav kumakha is not referring specifically to the words of Torah, the words of Kriyat and therefore the words of the, the command to read Kriyat is not the Oraita. Now you see that Tosvot deals with the same thing in the boxed in Tosvot, and you can uh, take a look at that on your own. We'll leave that outside of the context because we want to cover some other things. But also Tosfot deals with this same Gersa problem. Okay, ba- back in the Gemara on Daf you see an arrow below. And the arrow points to the main sugya of this topic, Amar Rav Yehuda, So let's say that uh, it was at night, and you don't remember if you said kriyat or not, You don't go back and read it. And this is based on the general premise, that if you have a safek about a Torah law, you act with extra care and severity. And safek in a rabbinic law, you act more leniently. It sounds like Rabbi Huda is taking the position that Kriyat Shma is de rabbanan, and therefore, if you don't know if you read it, you don't have to read it again. Safek Amar Emet Viatziv, Safek Lormar, Choser Veolmer Emet Viatziv. But if you're not sure if you said Emet Viatziv or Emet Muna, then you have to go back and say it. Why, my Tama, Kriyat de rabbanan, Emet Viatziv de oraita. Now, to us, this may sound very strange. But the position the Gemara is taking, or Rabbi Yehuda here is taking, or at least the Gemara is taking and explaining Rabbi Yehuda, is that the mitzvah to recite the particular words of Shema is a rabbinic mitzvah, but the mitzvah to mention Yetziat Mitzrayim is a Torah mitzvah of Lamanti's court, Yom Tzedcha Meretz Yitzvahim Kol Chayacha, we dealt with that at the very end of the first parak, and therefore if you're not sure if you said at V'yatsiv you have to go back and say it again to fulfill the Torah mitzvah. Metiv, Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef challenged this reading, B'Shoch B'cha Uv kumecha. You have to read the words of Shema when you lie down or when you rise up. That's Kriyat Shema at night in the morning. So Amr Torah Abaye says, no, that B'Shoch B'cha Uv is referring to Divrei Torah, meaning you should say the words of Torah when you go to sleep, when you get up. What particular words of the Torah? The rabbis decided which ones those are, and those are Shema and Vayam Shema, etc. Okay, let's test this. So, Kriyat you don't say Birchot Kriyat but you think the words of Shema itself, and you only say Berkat Tamazon afterwards, but not before, and based on the earlier discussion, the argument could be made that that proves that Kriyat is Doraita, and that's why you have to say uh, the words of Shmah. And there's a different problem. Which is, if you think "emet v'yatziv" is d'oraita, then you also have to say the bracha after Shema because that's d'oraita. <coughs> the answer is, there's no reason to, because why would you say it if it's to mention "itziat mitzrayim"? You already mentioned that when you said "kriat which you're saying, which we're thinking anyways. And the last line of "kriat is "hasherot uh, seiti etchem So why don't you just say "emet v'yatziv"? And not Kriyat Shema. In other words, if you're a Balkeri and you can only do one, because we want to limit you to fulfill the Doraita on the minimalist level, say, I'm at V'yatsiv, you finished, uh, finished saying, you mentioning mentioning Yitziat Mitzrayim, and uh, and you don't say the third parasha or any part of Kriyat Shema, which might again assumes that Kriyat Shema is the Rabbanan. The answer is, Kriyat Shema is better because it has two things which are thematic. Yitziat Mitzrayim and Kabalat Omoch Shemaim but there's no mention here of being da'oraita. Okay? So that whole position, which we ascribe to Rav Yehuda, seems to accept as granted that kriyat shema, or the command to say those specific words, morning and evening, is a mitzvah de' rabbanan, and uh, it has very significant themes, and that's why, since by saying it, you fulfill the mitzvah de Oraita of zechiat yitziat mitzrayim, and it has the important themes of alma and omi mitzvot, etc therefore that's the one that's chosen for the ball to say now in the meantime rabbi Azar, who is a contemporary of rabbi Yehuda, but he's in tveria he says that if you're not sure if you said Shema, you do go back and say Kriyat Shema. palel safek loit palel palel but if you're not sure if you said tfilah you don't go back and say tfilah now, there are several ways to slice that position. One is to say that Rabbi Lazar has a, a direct <coughs> uh, um, confrontational position to that of Rav Yehuda, and says, Kriyat shma is is De'oraitah, and if you're not sure if you said it, you have to go back and do it like any other mitzvah Araita. Tfilah is Rabbanan, so you don't go back and do it. Or Rabbi may be of the opinion that Kriyat shma is is Rabbanan, but its, its weight, its significance of the themes... Um, are so powerful that you have to go back and do them in, in any case, as opposed to tefillah, which then leads us, and there's support for that position, even though Rashi takes the other position. If you look at Rashi here, Rashi says, mm-hmm. He says, Rabbilazah's position is that Kriyachma is Doraita, and that's why you have to go back and say it. And the simple machloka, Rabbilazah and Rabihuda and Rabbilazah and Rabbi Yehuda is, whether or not Kriyat is do to Rabbanan, which then leads to what do you do in case of a Safek, But that's not necessarily the only way to see it, and the proof is in the next line. At the end of the Gemara, just before the arrow that I put in, Rabbi Yochanan, A person would be great if he davened all day, which means Rabbi Yochanan seems to be taking the position against his younger colleague Rabbi Eleazar, that if you're not sure if you said tefillah, say tefillah again. Saying tefillah again is a good thing. Now, Rabbi Yochanan is not taking the position that tefillah is de oraita, but he seems to be taking the position that even though tefillah de Rabbanan, it is such a significant and important religious and spiritual act that it, 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 there's nothing wrong with doing it again, it's a good thing, so if you're not sure, do it again. And therefore, we could read that back and say, maybe Rabbi Lazar agrees with him, but doesn't extend it to tefillah. And maybe he's on board with Rabbi Yehuda saying, Kriyachma is the But it's so important that if you didn't, if you're not sure if you said it, then you should go ahead and say it again. Again, even though it is, it is the, all right, it is the Okay. So that's kind of the lay of the land of the essential sugyot uh, that we have. And now... I'd like to sort of peruse the positions of the Rishonim to see how they deal with these Gemarot and, and take the range of positions they take on Kriyachma Doraita. But first, I'd like to point your attention to a couple of sources on the basic handout, the one that's titled uh, Shiorbet, uh, and uh, the title of it is, uh, is um, just is D01-02. Sorry. Um, if you take a look at the fourth source, the uh, fifth source, the fifth source is a Mishnah on Masachat Shabbat. Uh, and this Mishnah, towards the beginning of Masachat Shabbat, and the second Mishnah on the whole Masachat, talks about things that we're not allowed to do in the afternoon before davening min- mincha. Uh, and the problem is you'll get carried away with these things, and the time will pass, and you won't have Davin mincha. And at the end of the Mishnah, it says, If you're engaged in one of these things, the end of that line is that if you start one of these activities... Then you don't have to interrupt it to say mincha, but You do interrupt to say kriyatshma ve'in mafsikin li but you don't interrupt it to say tfilah. Okay? Now, that's just as background for this important passage in the Rushalmi at the beginning of Brachot in Halacha Bet, which is source six. Mafzikin Vein, Mafzikin So they cite that Mishnah in Shabbat. And the Yerushalmi immediately is bothered. Why do we distinguish between Kriyat and Tefillah? That you interrupt this activity, whether it's a festive meal or a big haircut or whatever it might be, and say Kriyat shema, but you don't interrupt it for Tefillah. And a priori, of course, there's a n- number of different ways we could go. The most obvious way to go is that Kriyat is a mitzvah from the Torah. We interrupt for that. Tfilah is Rabbanan. Another may be that we already said Tefillah in the morning, and so maybe don't write them, and maybe once a day, take the Raman's position. So this tefillah is daravanan of mincha. The other, a third possibility would be that tefillah takes kavana and special kavana, like we saw in the Mishnah about the trees, about saying tefillah on the tree as opposed to kriyachma on the tree. And therefore, it'd be much harder to tear yourself away from this activity and give full intent, whereas kriyachma requires much less. There's a whole lot of ways to go to explain the difference. The Ushami provides three suggestions. And the question is, are these three suggestions mutually exclusive? The first one is, The simplest way that we took, which is, The Torah commands you to say Shma. doesn't matter that you're in the middle of a feast, or in the middle of the bathhouse, or in working in your tannery. You stop, you get to a place that's appropriate, or get dressed as is appropriate, and say, And therefore, you don't have to interrupt for that. That's one way. Ammar Rabbi Ba, and just one little note about the Ushalmi. Within the Talmud Ushalmi, often uh, a, a, uh, an aleph is left off, especially at the beginning of proper names. So uh, Rabbi Elazar is called Rabbi Lazar, uh, Rabbi Ila is called Rabla, Rabbi Abba is called Rabbi Ba. So it's important to note that. Uh, so this is not Rabbi came but Rabbi Ba is Rabbi Abba. Kreach mazmana kavua, utfila Zmana kavua. All right, and so the notion here is that Kriyat Shma has a very set time uh, in which you can say it. Uh, now remember, this is uh, talking about the an afternoon activity, so it means that we've come into the evening. So Kriyat Shma has a set time that you have to say it. It doesn't have a set time. And if we're talking about Arvit, that takes us to the first Mishnah and the fourth parak. Rabbi Yosi, Kriyat Shema Eina Tzvicha Kavana, tzvicha Kavana. That was one of the other suggestions I made. That kriyat does not require as much kavana, as evidenced again by the law of the workman, who can say kriyat will work working in the trees, and Tfilah, they have to come down because you need much more kavana. You keep your feet together. It's longer. You're you have to be totally focused in what you're doing. You can't do it v'lechta You have to do standing still. Now notice that these three reasons, as I as I suggested, are perhaps mutually exclusive, meaning. Once you have Rabbi Acha's reason that Kriyachma is Doraita, you don't really need the others. So that means that if you're going to really rely on one of the other reasons, such as the time frame of Kriyachma or the Kavanah demands of Kriyachma, it means you rejected number one and said they're all derabanan. but Kriyachma has a tighter time frame or Kriyachma doesn't need as much focus. And therefore, it may be the position of both Rabbi Abba and Rabbi Yosi that Kriyachma is Dorabanan, as opposed to Rabbi Acha who explicitly says it's Doraita. Okay. Um so notice We asked the question in front of Rabbiosi Right? So um, the So, we said, even if you say the Shema doesn't need Kavanah, you certainly need Kavanah in the first three psukim. The first three psukim are Shema, Viyahavta, and Vayuad, Veremael, Chanachim, Chayom, Al-Livavacha. All right? And so the notion is that, you know, that that's not so difficult to focus for those three psukim, even when you're interrupting yourself in the middle of something, but for a whole tefillah it would be. But notice that line about the three psukim. We'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, now, if you look at the next page of the handout, you'll see that we're going to start with the Rambam. Uh, because when you look at the Rambam, and we see that the Rambam says something curious. He says, Umahu kore" in Per halacha Bet. He says, right from the beginning, "shlosha parshiot" or in some of the versions, Shalosh Parshiot, Elohim Shema, Vayam Shema, Vayomer. All right, so the Rambam says that Kriachma includes the three Parshiot. And the Rambam's position seems to be, although he never says this explicitly, that the Torah commandment of Kriyatshma, that were bound by the Torah. There's no question by the way that the Rambam holds it's, it's, from the, it's from the Torah the Rambam says it in his introduction to Hilchot Kriyatshma, Mitzvata Se Achat, Kriyat Kriyatshma Pamay Miyom. He says it in Say Fra mitzvot near the beginning. And he says it right here in Halacha Aleph Pamayim He holds it's the Oraita. And Mahu Kore, Shalosh Losha Parshiot, which means the three Parshiot are all the Oraita. Right? And he says, sh'ma Vayam Shema Vayomer, the dimanik. And then he explains why the order is what the order is, and that's based on the Mishnah at the beginning of the second parak and the statement of Rabbi Shumman Korcha, and then Rabbi bar Yochai's addition in the Tosefta that we studied already. So the position is that all three parshiot are da'oraita. I will point out that we're going to see a position that the two parashiyot are da'oraita, v'em in source 8. In source 9, we're going to see a position held by a number of Rishoni, but one representative one here, which is that it's the first parash is doraita. We're going to see, uh, and in source 10 also, uh, in, um, in uh, source um, 12, we're going to see the possibility that the three psukim are Oraita. Then we're going to see the position of, in source 13, that the first pasuk is And then we'll come back to the position of Tosvot uh, and the Tosvot school, which is that the whole thing's is rabbanan. But let's start with the Rambam. Where would the Rambam get the idea that all three parashiot are Oraita? And uh, so one suggestion is uh, that if you look at the Mishnah, that the Rambam paraphrases in Halakha Bet, where it said, why do we say Shema before Vayam Shamoah and Vayam Shamoah before Vayomer, seems to put them all on an even footing, because it's be very, very easy to say, well, we say Shema before Vayam Shamoah because Shema is Oma Machut Vayam Shamoah is O Mitzvot, uh, and Vayam Shamoah before Vayomer, because Vayomer is the Rabbanan." Or we could even say Shema is the Raita and Vayam Shamoah is the Rabbanan, and the only question would be, why is Vayam Shamoah and Vayomer in the order that they are, and that would be a very easy one to answer, because thematically, Vayim Shema is like Vayomer, is like, is like Shema. And therefore, the fact that the Torah puts them all on equal footing and explains the, and sorry, the Rabbi Shohan, Korcha and Rishim um, Vayuchai, in their different takes on it, explain why we read them in the order that we do, and don't fall back on what well, we first say, the Doraita's and then the Rabbanans, seems to support the idea that all three of them are Doraita. Uh, Rabbi Salvechik, uh, in Shirim uh, the Zecher in the the fir, really the first um, combo Shear that's in that in that uh, wonderful collection of Shirim, uh, suggests something a little bit different. He suggests that really the entire range of Kriyat Shema components includes important pieces which are all fulfillments of a Doraita, attitude or mean towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's Kabalat Om Machut Shamayim, accepting God as king. There's accepting the responsibility to have a loving relationship with God. There's committing to that relationship. There's a commitment to mitzvot. There's a commitment to study and to teach Torah. There's a commitment to, to observing the mitzvot and a commitment to remembering its yat Mitzrayim. And so all of those things become part of this whole which is called Kriyat shmah. And, uh, and therefore the Rambam, even though he might hold that all three parts Doraita would still allow for some of the more minimalist positions to be at least post facto acceptable, because he'd say at least that part of Kabbalat O'ma Chut was fulfilled, like saying the first pasuk and falling asleep, as we will see a little bit later on. So that may be what the background of the Rambam is. The truth is the Rambam never tells us what his reason is, uh, for taking that position. Um... Uh the next position is the one that Talmide Rabin Iona, 13th century in in uh, in Spain. Um, he him, his students composed a commentary based on his teachings that was a commentary that was published at least, uh, and it was written really as a commentary on the Riffs halachot, and it's published only in Masachet Brachot, uh, in the standard chas. And he says the following thing. He goes through the um the issue that's the problem at the beginning of Masaka Parachot for everybody which is how can we say that zman kriachma is zeitakohavim when we all say tfilah uh, as early as uh sunset or perhaps even before and everybody deals with the problem of how we how we how we solve that so if you look towards the bottom of this paragraph um he he's, he attacks the position that it would be enough to uh to say kriyachma when you go to bed in the proper time, which is the position of Rashi. We're going to look at that in a little bit. And he says that's not going to be sufficient. And he picks up the same approaches that Tosvot has at the first Tosvot in, in Brachot, uh, but he comes with a slightly different approach. Uh, it's five lines from the bottom at the end of the line. You have to say kriyachma with Brachot. And and uh, and at night when you're saying Kriyat Shema on your bed, you're not saying you said the brachot during Mariv, which was too early. And he says, Vishral Shemaim ve and he says there clearly, you have to say the first two Parshiot. In other words, it'd be satisfied. You said the Kriyat Shema beforehand with the three Parshiot. you mentioned it, that's fine, but the real Kriyachma is the two, the the minimal two Shman Vayam Shemoah. And in, again, he again comes out against Rashi, says you cannot rely on that you say when you go to bed because you only say one parsha. That's not enough. But notice he doesn't say you have to say all three, and therefore he seems to be of the position that the first two are da'oraita. There doesn't seem to be any textual support for Rabbi Yonah's position in the Gemara. There seems to be a lot of textual support in the text itself, because when the Torah says, and these words, and speak of them when you lie down, when you rise up, are in both parashiyot of Shema, and Vayim Shema. They, of course, certainly are nowhere in the third parashat. Okay, that brings us to a position which really is a, an easily supportable position to um, Within the Gemara, and the number of Rishonim take the position. We're going to take a look at the position first of the Ureim, Rabbi Mimitz, uh, Mim, Mayence, who uh, composed the uh, the Sefer Ureim, um, and uh, in the 12th century, uh, and he says Vayam Shamo Atishmeu Mitzvah. Right? This is in the Yurayim's presentation of mitzvot. Mihuim lo kara el pasuk rishon, enikra mitzvah tal But he, sorry, he says, v'ad vayam mitzvah. He says the mitzvah is to read the first parsha. Then he says, if you only said the first pasuk, you're not considered to have totally violated the mitzvah. And again, that may be, as R. Salvedchik explained, because at least you did it, to Omochut Shemayim. But he may, takes very clear the position that the first parsha. is, is the mitzvah d'oraitah. And Rashi says it quite explicitly. Rashi, the very first Rashi that deals with this problem that opens the door to all the discussions about saying Kriyat shema too early in the evening, uh, Rashi uh, makes the comment, he says that, uh, he quotes the, the Yerushalmi that says that we read Kriyat shema in Shul, um, not because it was before sunset, not in order to say, but rather to so that we should stand up to say, and the last thing we did before that was to say words of Torah, kind of like we do Ashrei before Mincha. And therefore, look in the big print in Rashi. Rashi says, therefore, we have to reread it later. And Rashi says, when you read the first Parsha, lying on your bed then that's it which means rashi is of the position that the first parsha is sufficient All right and you see that Tosvot on the spot there um quotes rashi and uh um and attacks him and then says something very interesting if you look at the last line of what i quoted this very long Tosvot, but the part that i quote he says, follow no olam the of parsha he says, the, custom, the common custom is to read the first Parsha, which by the way Rashi has said explicitly. He said, but if you're saying the Kriyat at on your bed, which is the real Kriyat shema, you should say three Parsha. And Toswit asks three other questions uh, on Rashi and then comes out with his own position. But the point is, remember, Tosfut's position, as we're going to see later on, is to adopt the and, um, and Abaye, it seems, Rav the position of many of the Chachamim Ravel, that uh, Kriyat is Dirabanan. And if it's Dirabanan, the then that means all parashiyot are on equal footing. So if you're saying anything in, in, on your bed in order to fulfill Kriyat shema, you'd say the whole thing, all three parashiyot. Uh, and now this position, that the first parasha, meaning what we, we commonly call Ve'havta, is the oraita, uh, is something that really finds um, strong support uh, in, um, in several passages at the beginning of, of Hayakore. Uh And uh, take a look at source one on the page. Brachot Yod the word Vahayu the word says, Shaloh can't read Kriyat out of order. Hadvarim Avecha, and that means Yahte call Pasha Tsucha Kavana. You I may think the whole parsha, is it parsha vishana? Needs kavana, meaning focus and intent. Tamud Lomar Ha Ela, Hadvim Ha Ela, Adkan Sricha Kavana, Mikanvaelah and Sricha Kavana. You only need Kavana until Hadvim Ha Elah Shona Kimit Savhayom Alvecha, the first three Psukim, Dive Rabbi i Am Radhabi, Ariomara Shonakh Savhayom Alva Vecha, but the, the whole Pasuk the whole parsha is defined by the words that I command you today, which means the whole parshat needs kavana. Meaning, the first parak, and Rabbi Yochanan, <coughs> whose rulings really are quite dominant, said we rule like Rabbi Akiva, which means you need halach, you need a kavana for the entire first parsha. Now, interesting, some people learned Rabbi Yochanan's ruling as a comment on the following. If you say shema, when you say shema, you have to have full intent. Which means now, instead of saying it's not enough to have the first three psukim, you need the whole thing. Now it's you don't need to have all three parshiot, just the first parak, but the same thing. You're still ending up with the first parak and only the first parak. And Rabbi Yochanan rules that way, which means one way or the other, Rabbi Yochanan rules that Kavanah is an absolute sine qua non for the first parasha, and the first parasha only. The rest is a desideratum. That would be nice, but it's not ma'akev. So you see that there is lots of support here, and I'll mention one other piece of support also from the from the second parak uh, that uh, the first parasha is singled out as being special, and the argument could be made that that is Doraita, and that may be where Rashi and the Uraim get their position from that the first parasha is Doraita. Um, um, if you remember, Beit Hillel was at the position that Balachacham defines how you say Kriyat uh, that Yoshvin, Matin, Omdin, you can be standing, sitting, reclining, Hochim Korin, ve'oskin VKorin, you could actually be reading Kriyatamah while you're working. And the brighter then challenged that and said that you have to stop and not say, not be working while you're saying Kriyatamah. You have to be thinking about it. And they said, which means the first parasha you have to stop, don't walk and don't work on anything and say the parasha. The rest you could say while you're working, while you're walking, while you're doing other activities. And that may be another source for the idea that the first parashah is the Arayta. Now, we go back to uh, page 2, which is our list of the Rishonim, and take a look at uh, Source uh, 12. Now, source 12 is, um, is something that uh, shows up in a, a beautiful collection called Bracham Mishuleshet, which is the uh, Tosfot of, um, of, uh, of the Rosh, and also includes what was mislabeled as the Tosfot of Chasid Hasid, it's really a Leon, but it's all from the school of Tosafot. Uh, and uh they and both of them say the same thing. I quote here from Tosharosh that the the Gemara that we just saw said, Ad mitzvat kavana." you need to have kavana till this point. Ad b'chol miodecha, elu medabrim so they he t- t- takes the position. The first two Psukim need kavana, And then we saw in the Yerushalmi the possibility that the first. Three psukim, and that seemed to be Rebbe Leizer's position. So it may be now. You could distinguish and say maybe the mitzvah from the Torah is to read the whole parsha, but you have to stay focused and intent on those two or three psukim. And those certainly possibilities that takes us to a position that's held by among others the Ravya and uh, and the Ritva, also the Sefer Achinuch. The Sefer Achinuch, by the way, we do not know who the author was. But we know that the author was from the school of the Ramban, uh, puts us in in Spain in the 13th century, late 13th century, uh, and in the Sefer Chinuch's presentation of the mitzvah of Kriyat echad he says, "We're obligated to read one pasuk from the Torah." Remember, the Sefer Chinoch is organized based on parshiot, and therefore he's talking about v'atchanan so it's that Pasuk, and the Sefer makes it very clear, and again the Ritva is a contemporary, there are those who think the Ritva was a student of the Sefer it's probably not the case, but, um, but it's in that school, there are those who held that position, that very clearly only the first Pasuk um, has, uh, is the obligation from the Torah uh, and so before we leave this field, to the last field we're going to get to which is, up until now, we've seen five different approaches to what Kriyat de Oraita is. Is it all three, which is the Rambam's position, that we anchored in the analysis of precedence of the order of the parshiot? Is it the two, which is the position of Rabbeinu Yonah? Is it the one parasha, which is the position of Rashi? Is it the first two psukim or three psukim, which is among Chachmei Ashkenaz, a position that seems to be a position, and is it just the first Pasuk, Sefra Chinuch, uh, the Ravio, the Ritva, others who say it's just the first Pasuk? Where would they get the idea that the first Pasuk is sufficient? Well, the answer is actually quite straightforward because you may recall source two on the page, on the first page, Tanu Rabbanan, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Inu, Adonai Echad, Ad Kant, Divira Rav that you only have to focus in the first Pasuk. But greater than that is a source that I left to our memories, which is. Rabbi Ura Nasi would say just that first pasuk while the Turgaman was was publicizing his Torah. He had time to say one pasuk. That was his kriyat shma. And we have stories of Nachman, for instance, would tell his, his servant, uh, wake me up to say kriyat shma. Uh, Evidently, if he'd gone to sleep too early and it was nighttime, wake me up to say kriyat shma. Um, but only for the first pasuk. And the halacha very clearly that if a person says the first pasuk and then he's... Drifts off to sleep, he's fulfilled the mitzvah, which means there's lots of re, lots of source material to support the position of the Sefer Khan and the Ravya that the first pasuk is Doraita. So one last note before we leave the Doraita school, as it were, is remember we saw at the very beginning in source one a b'raita that said that Hayu Shaloyikra Mafreya, which means that the that we are obligated to read Kriyat Shmai in order, and if you read Kriyat Shmai out of order. Then you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. But to what does that apply? So there's room to argue that that applies only to the Doraita components of Kriyat Shema, which means that if you are in the Rambam school, which all three are Doraita, Lama Freya would even mean reading Vayam Shamoa and then Vayomer and then Vahavta. But if you're, let's say, in the school of Rashi, where it's the first parsha, it would just mean rearranging the Psukim in the first parsha. And if you are in the Ravyoz school, where it's only the first pasuk, then the only place that Freya would be a problem would be if you mangled up the first pasuk and switched the order of the words, which of course would start to sound nonsensical. But important to point out that how we judge Freya and what that is is going to be impacted by how much of kriyachma is is the alright. Now, we come now to the last school, which is where we actually started our discussion, because we saw there was a predominance of positions in the sugya in the third parak in Daf Chafalef, that that Kriyachma was the Rabbanan, and that's a position that Tosfot explicitly takes, um, and they take it here in this Tosfot in Masachim um, and the impact of that is to actually turn everything around because it means that if all three parashiyot are the Rabbanan, So we have two problems. Problem number one is, so what do we do with the command to say, what does that mean? And the second thing is that, but the impact of it is, is that then everything becomes on an equal footing and therefore all of the demands that we made of any part of Kriyachma now should all be equal, which is what Tosfat said at the beginning of Brachot, that since Kriyachma is all dura if you're going to say Kriyat after dark, again you say all three Parshiot, because Mayu um, May I Parsha, me I Parsha. Why is one bigger than the, better than the other? Better than the So it also says this explicitly. Actually, Masachat Menachot, in Masachat Menachot towards the end of the Sugyot Tzitzit in the fourth parak, says and the drasha is So the Braita uh, there, it's a drasha says, look at it, it being the t'chelet, and remember, right, so the notion is, remember all the mitzvot, but here it's, look at this mitzvah, and you remember another mitzvah that's related to it, and remember that's from the passage from the Yushalmi that made a very big association, very strong association between the t'chelet and the Lavan and Zman Kriyat etc. but we also saw that in the Mishnah, in the in the second Mishnah, and um, and so, if the Torah is referencing Kriyat that means Kriyat is Doraita. Look what Tosot says in Source 15. Hey, zo, 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 asmachta de Tosot says without batting an eyelash, that this is an Asmach Tavah Alma. Asmach Alma means we're using a Pasuk to support a Rabbinic halacha, and the Pasuk is just sort of like a hint or something to lean on, but it's not the source, because the, the whole Mitzvah is the And so, Tosafot says that Kriyat Shema is de Rabbanan. He says it explicitly. So if Kriyat Shema is de Rabbanan, what's that about? So we have the standard answer, which goes back to Abaye. Abaye, in the first passage that we saw in the Shiur, says back to Rav Yosef, Remember, Rav Yosef attacked the position of Rav Yehuda, who said Kriyat Shema is de Rabbanan, and he said, kumecha." And Abaye answered him and said, Rabbi, it actually refers to Divrei Torah, which means the Torah commands us." To say words of Torah when we go to sleep and when we get up. And the rabbi said those words of Torah are going to be kriyachma, which, by the way, leaves us with an interesting conclusion. Is that even though my impetus for saying kriyachma may be rabbinic, but after I've said kriyachma, I have fulfilled a mitzvah da'oraita of saying words of Torah. There's kriyachma, certainly words of Torah uh, when I get up and when I go to sleep. But why those particular words? But I want to end the year with a, a beautiful comment of the Rav Vonor, Volez Rav Natan uh lived at the uh is later contemporary really you know time also in Mainz um and uh, in his book which he called Avi Ezer but uh we call it safer Ravon that's what commonly called has the following comment on the Gemara we started with I remember you at Mashmuel Safekra Krechma Safek Lokara Eno Joseva Kore Safekama Emet Viativ Safekoma Joseva Uma Maitara Krechva Dvaran Emet Viativ Doraita and then he adds in Dichtiv Lamantis quote, Yom Seicha. He addresses our problem. He is referring to the Torah. Why did the Rabbanan say you have to say Shema? And what's next, of course, is Yomam Valayla. In other words, the command that God gave to Yehoshua at his investiture is that the words of the Torah should never leave your mouth, and you should speak of them morning and evening. And the way to fulfill that is by saying words of Torah in the morning and the evening, and therefore the rabbis said these particular words. Hilkach, and then you can explain, If you're not sure if you said it's Doraita, you go to go back and say it. Et cetera, and that takes us all the way to the end of that particular sugya. But notice that the Ravan gave an interesting additional twist to the rabbinic obligation of saying Kriyat Shema, uh, the Ravan being 100% within the school of one of the early Tosafists, and uh, and taking that position that was the common position in Ashkenaz, which is Kriyat shema, was the Rabbanan. It was not unanimous, but a common position, uh, and, uh, and the Tosafist school, and uh, and saying that the reason is really motivated by a desire to make sure that we are speaking of the words of the words of Torah, uh, Yomam Valayla. Uh One last piece is the uh, the famous sugya in Menachot Daf Tzaritet. The Mishnah in Masachat Menachot talks about the uh, describes. The transfer of the old lechem apanim and the new lechem apanim uh, that would come in on midday on Shabbat, that the lechem panim would be there all week, and then four koanim would come in with the marechet, um, and uh, and and they would and four would slide the old marechet off, and four would then slide the new marechet on, so that would, the the table would always have lechem because it's lechem panim ha-fanai tamid. Tamid means it has to be always there, 24/7, 365, etc., and therefore there should never be a minute without lechem on the table. Biosi says, arvit tamid." Even if they took off the early, the the last week's bread, Shabbat morning, and only at the end of the day on Shabbat they put the the new one on, that's still called tamid. So i tamid. How do I fulfill tamid? Shaloya lean hasho'chan that the shokhan should not be overnight without bread. In other words, that there is a notion of you can have t'midiut, you can have consistency and constancy uh, by having certain points of the day be covered. So you had bread in the morning, you had bread in the evening, so the whole day the bread is there. And the Gemara then says, we could take that position and say, that afilu lo shana adam perka Vagita that if you only say one chapter of Torah in the morning, one chapter of Torah in the evening, it's considered as if you're speaking the words of Torah day and night. And that seems to be what's that seems to be what's motivating the Ravan to plug Vagita into the mitzvah of Kriyachman. Okay, we'll pick it up in the next podcast, uh, where we're gonna analyze the issue of Plaghamincha uh in the Sugya at the beginning of the fourth paragraph. in the meantime everybody should have a wonderful day.